Amen. Amen. So we started a series last week uh, tied to the gospel. The gospel. I've been so fired up even watching the messages myself and some other study that I've been doing and a few things that are coming to my mind about the gospel. And today I want to continue you know, on this same topic, the gospel. Last week I was explaining to us what the gospel is not. The gospel is not the doctrine or the principles of a church or a, denom- or a denomination. No, the gospel is not some message, some spooky and funny message that some people cook up, uh, which they, which is particular to how they want to see things and they call that gospel for you. And the problem is this. When people don't know what the gospel is, right, everything that a man of God or a woman of God or a believer say to them is the gospel. So I want to challenge you, right, to stay connected and also carry your Bible and find out for yourself what the gospel is. Now, the reason why uh, Christian, a Christian or Christianity has been given all manner of names in the world we live in today is because uh, what many people are doing or portraying as a gospel uh, don't tie up, you know. What I mean is this, they, they abuse people, they control people, they don't give people peace. So people, onlookers from the outside, you know, people who are observing us, you know, if what we claim to be, what we claim to be the gospel is something that does not give them peace or will make life harder for them, they don't want to come in. I remember my wife saying to me that, you know, one of the reasons why she didn't, she did not kind of like Christianity she, or she didn't want to give her life to Christ was because, you know, after her mom gave her life to Christ, you know, she just changed the way she was dressing, right? She wasn't looking as cool, the cool mom that they knew. And um, I hope I'm not offending my mother, you know, here. <clears throat> she was like, I don't want to look like that. Now, truly, her mom gave her life to Christ, but the gospel that was ministered to her was the adulterated gospel because the fact that You've given your life to Christ does not mean that you stop wearing earrings. Oh, so you just touched on something. Doesn't mean that you stop looking good. Amen. Uh, the illustrations are coming to my mind. I'm, I'm trying not to offend people, so I'm trying to cover people's um, um, identity on this matter. But I remember there was a time too, I, I was traveling back home uh, from, from the UK and I, I was going to pick my, my, young, my younger sisters, my siblings. I was going to pick them up from Lord Jesus, help me. I don't want to call names. Okay. So there's this kind of like Holy Ghost conference that happens in in um, in, in Nigeria, right? And uh, my sisters do attend. I used to attend to before I relocated to the UK. And I was going to pick my my siblings up at this conference center if, um, before I, I get home and on my way home because I was picked up from the airport by a cousin of mine. And when I saw my sisters, I, I nearly... I, I was I I nearly cried. Yes, I nearly went into tears. I I, I mean, it was so touching and sad w- what I saw my sisters. I mean, I was sad. I mean, as you can tell, I I mean, recounting the picture of those two girls that I saw that day. You know, I was just ran- I was just raking, ranting, annoyed, and angry, and just talking all through the way, all through the way home, and the things were over one another drive. You know why? Because when I saw them, they were not looking good, kempt. They were not looking looked after. They were looking haggard, all in the name of a gospel that they had believed. 
I saw these ladies who were, who were driven, who were passionate, who were ambitious. I've, I saw them become something else because somebody, a church they joined, taught them a different gospel that their, gospel, that their, their, their Christianity is dependent on their looks and some other things that they've told them. Amen. So the gospel is not the spooky and some un, unhealthy and unintelligent messages that a denomination or a church has cooked up or some Christian groups. Because you don't, because now that, that, that um, you know, post COVID, uh, some people don't want to go back to church and we have di many different Christian groups out there, right? So I'm not, um, limiting where we, we where we could hear some stuff to churches uh but for many christians and many christian groups so whatever conduct whatever principle any christian group has put together now listen to this carefully that does not draw you closer to god is not a gospel or does that does not draw, draw you closer to god without a fear of punishment or without a need to perform to impress god is not a gospel amen Many people, for one reason or the other, God may have told them to stop wearing maybe uh, a handband, maybe a, a bracelet. And sometimes because they are idolizing that bracelet in their heart, you know, they give the pay unhealthy attention to that bracelet and they begin to define themselves by that bracelet. So the Holy Spirit can tell them, you know, stop wearing that bracelet. And that is for their own good. But do you know what many Christians will do? They would take that as a gospel and tell every Christian, if you wear bracelets, you will go to hell. If you are wearing bracelets, you know, God is hungry at you and all kind of nonsense. So it, it's kind of the message that I, I think was ministered to my siblings and a pretty girl started looking like someone who was, I mean, a homeless person. And I'm not saying this in a, in a, in a derogatory manner. I'm just trying to describe to you what I saw. It was very, I mean, I was so sad when I saw my siblings. And because somebody else was preaching doctrine to them, the doctrine of their own denomination, all in the name of the gospel. Amen. So the gospel is not um, the message of a, of a denomination. Amen. It's not the doctrine of a denomination. It's not, the, when I say doctrine, the way of conduct. Of a doc of, of a denomination, the belief system of a denomination. So it's a, a every denomination or Christian group you want to join, you need to check their belief system if it aligns with the word of God. Friends, if whatever we hear or taught or, or we are taught does not align with the word of God, we have no business believing it because it's either we are Christians who believe the word of God or we are not. Amen. So you can watch last week's mes uh, message. And get more juice out of it. So, I wanted to share a little bit more about um, this bad news element of the gospel and what the gospel is not before I start talking about the gospel. Now, what is the news? A news from a dictionary definition I got here def defines it as, I mean, this Oxford dictionary, it's a newly received or not, not worthy information especially about recent events. But what I want us to take note of there is noteworthy information. Noteworthy information. Now, bad news are not noteworthy. 
They're not things you should pay attention to. You know why? Bad news will produce fear in your heart. Bad news or evil news, you know, whichever version it is about God, maybe the God of consuming fire, God will kill you. If God asks you to do something, you don't do it. You know, he can kill you. If you don't pay your tithe, God will take it in a um, in car accident, in your child being sick. Who says that? Friends, I'm not making these things up. I mean, I was going to, I was going to, I was on the journey on one, one morning. I can't remember the day of the week it was. And I was listening to this preacher on, on the, on the radio, sta- on the radio station. And he was telling people, many of you will tell you, this is what he was saying. Many of you will tell you to pay your tithe. You don't, right? But God knows how to collect his tithe. Through car accident, car breakdown, and he listed so many things. And I said, this is not right. This is not right. Every believer should give. And you want to hear the truth? T- giving 10% of your income to support the work of the ministry is, found, is, is a basic level of giving. If you understand what the gospel is about and how it's impacting lives and how it's changing lives, delivering people from the power of darkness, we will say that we need to put more than 10% of our money into the gospel. And if the gospel is about changing lives, building lives, doing a lot of stuff to help people to get closer to the Father, become what God has called them to be, do what God has called them to do, if we really understand, you know, if we see gospel from that way, then we'll be mindful of who we put, who we give our money. You know, when the, when the tele-evangelist says to you, that, you know, right now, bringing $1,000 for 11-hour miracle kind of thing, it all lies. It's not the gospel. It's not true. When we give our money, when we put our money into the gospel, we put it in for the benefit of the people who's going to hear the gospel, who's going to be impacted, the programs, the meetings that will help people to be, to be edified, built up in their identity with Christ Jesus. So believers must give because it's our nature to give. Right, but we must never give to get God not to be angry at us or give to get something from God. No. So people must people must correct their their motive of giving. Amen. So people have to be careful with bad news. Bad news will bring fear, will produce fear in our heart. Bad news will you know, to separate us from God. God has not called us to hear bad news or to live on bad news. Bad news are not noteworthy. Anything, any, any message you hear that does not inspire you and challenge you to get closer to God without a fear of punishment is not the gospel. I repeat, any news you hear, any message you hear that does not inspire you and encourage you to get closer to God without a fear of punishment is not the gospel. The message of hell is not the gospel. People do we go to hell if they reject Christ Jesus and not because God is sending them there, but because of their own choice. But Jesus did not ask us to go and tell people to threaten people with, the, with hell. That's not the gospel. Amen. So we, we need to be mindful of what we listen to. Likewise, as we talk about the gospel, let's talk about um, the negative news we hear on the media. It affects our heart. 
So as opposed to listening to bad news on the internet, on Facebook, on all manner of stuff, all manner of platforms that we, we watch or we get our information from, we should focus on the word of God to listen to the goodness because it's the good news that builds us up. It's the good news that edifies us. Amen. Amen. Now, so let's get into what the gospel is. So the gospel is the good news. Now you can see me smiling now, right? The gospel is the good news because bad news doesn't doesn't encourage, doesn't build anyone up. So the gospel is the good news, you know, and the gospel is a noteworthy information, is a word noteworthy message. So the gospel in context is the account, accurate account of God's plan and purpose for humanity through Christ. Right? Is the accurate account of God's plan and purpose for humanity through Christ Jesus. So if you hear anything anywhere about God that does not go back to God's redemptive plan and restoration plan for humanity to himself through Christ Jesus, it's not the gospel. I've had messages that the entire God, the entire message, I did not hear anything about Christ. They'll tell you God can do this, God will do this, God will. But how will God do it? How will God do it? You, do you realize that God was helpless in helping us until Jesus came into the world to reconcile us to the Father, to restore our relationship with the Father? So you had me right when I said God was helpless. Yeah, God could not help us. He couldn't live inside of us. Because we carry, because we were carrying the nature of the devil, we are carrying a sinful nature. So the Holy Spirit could not dwell in our heart. God could not speak to our heart. And he promised that it's going to be in us. Read 2 Corinthians um, 6. So God promised at all time that it's going to live in us. It's going to be in us. It's going to dwell in us. Back in the days, people were going to uh, the temple to worship God as on an on on exterior basis. Right. Their sin were always covered, <laughs> so it was never blotted out. So there's always a remembrance and sin of their sin and their sin consciousness. But God did not plan it that way because God wanted to dwell inside of us. He wants an intimate relationship with us. And through Christ Jesus, he restored us back into relationship with him. Amen. So any message you hear that does not connect you back to the redemptive and restoration plan of God is not the gospel. So many people, many believers will talk to you about God, 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 God. But the question is, where is Christ? For many years, my Christian life was very, very miserable. Why was it miserable? Because all I had was God, what God can do. But the access to God was missing, and the access to God was Christ Jesus. And each time I go back home or return home after the service, life was just more difficult. So Sunday was a hard day because I'm given many things that God can do or God will do that, that are not attainable, not achievable. And they give me about 70 things to do to achieve those things, things that I cannot keep up with. I can't, I can't even remember them. But do you know the beauty of it? The beauty is this. The beauty of the gospel is this. When God dwells on the inside of you, you don't need to be looking at about 70 things to do for you to go to come to maintain a sound relationship with the Father. You have the Holy Ghost on the inside of you. And who can order your steps? Who can inspire you? Who can give you real-time information as to what to do, you know, in terms of your 
relationship with the Father, fostering your relationship with the Father. You don't need to keep going back to a particular book to say to, to check to as uh, to look at your checklist and see what have you checked and what's not checked. But friends, why Christianity is simple. And that's why it's called the gospel is called a nearly too good to be true news because you don't need to do anything other than to believe. To become a child of God, to walk with God. All you need to do is to believe and receive. You don't need to work for anything. So when people are telling you that you need to work for things to get things from God, they are lying to you. Because God has done everything and restored everything to us or to himself through Christ Jesus. All the restoration and redemptive work has been completed through Christ Jesus. The hard work you and I have to do is the hard work to believe and to keep believing. Amen. So the gospel is the account of God's plan and purpose for humanity. God's, at the account of God's plan and purpose for you and I, like I said, redemption, restoration, reconciliation, the gift of eternal life. Through Christ Jesus. Without Christ Jesus, we can't get these things. Amen. Other religions know there's God, but they don't believe in Christ Jesus, so they cannot access God. So they will always have things they want, they need to do for God to be happy with them. So they have, so literally they are buying their own, they are, they are working out their own, they are, <laughs> I don't want, they are not working out their salvation, but that's a scriptural time. And it means something different. But basically, they are trying to connect to God with their own works. Right? They are trying to work with God on their own terms. And there's no human terms that is acceptable to God other than the terms of Jesus Christ. And all we need to do is to come into Christ Jesus and we'll fulfill all the terms because Jesus has fulfilled all of the law on our behalf. Amen. So, all of that religion may recognize God, but they are not children of God. You know, when people say things like, some faith and the Christian faith are brothers. It's a lie. Because some faith will pray five times a day to keep a relationship with God. And they themselves are not certain about spending eternity with God. Because each time they make a mistake, they have to go and clean themselves up outwardly and do some prayers for forgiveness. So I asked a young guy one day, I said, so what if you sin and you're not able to get to the place of prayer and clean yourself up before the end of the world come? Because it's particular faith, they believe that the, the, the end of the world will come. And the end of the world comes I said, does that mean you end up in hell? He was, he was shocked. You could see fear all over his face. That what if I, I sin, or I do something not correct, and I'm, I'm, not, I'm not able to do abolition or how to call it, and pray for forgiveness, and the end of the world comes, like, I'm doomed. And I gave it to him. Think about it. But in Christ Jesus, right, our sins have been forgiven once and for all. As long as we believe in Christ Jesus and we don't reject Christ Jesus, Regardless of our mistakes, and this is not a this is not an encouragement for sin. Regardless of our mistake, our imperfections, we will spend eternity with the Father. Amen. We will spend eternity with the Father. Praise God. Now, First Timothy two one to six. Let's read. I'm still trying to leave foundation. Lord, help me to go past foundation. Uh, <laughs> intro. I mean, Lord, help me to go past the introduction today. Uh, second. That's a second Timothy, first Timothy, I mean. Okay, first Timothy two, excuse me, one to six. 
Now, Paul, speaking to Timothy, says, I urge you, first of all, to pray for all people. Ask. Now, let me read the NIV. Amen. The New International Version. Good. Now, it reads, I urge then, first of all, that petitions and prayers, intercessions, and thanksgiving be made for all people, for kings and all those in authority, that we may live peaceful and quiet lives in all godliness and holiness. This is good and places God our, our Savior. Listen carefully to this. Verse 4. Who wants all people to be saved and to come to a knowledge of the truth? For there is one God and one mediator between God and mankind, the man Christ Jesus, who gave himself as a ransom for all people. This has now been witnessed to at the proper time. So the Bible is telling us that God wants all men saved. So if what you hear is a message of God will send you to hell, it's not a gospel. But if what to hear is a message of the intention of God that he wants all men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth, that's a gospel. Amen. So if what to hear is about doom, gloom, God's anger is not the gospel. So the moment someone starts saying, if you don't give your life to Christ, you will go to hell. Switch up the TV, leave the Facebook app, or just scroll past them. Because that is not the gospel. So how do you maintain a solid, productive relationship with a person on the basis of fear? It's not possible. See, we cannot have a fantastic, healthy, father-child relationship with God if we come into a relationship with God with a motivation of fear. Many Christians today are doubting their salvation, are doubting Christianity because they are now beginning to hear that you may not go to hell. They are hearing a variation of what they had when they gave their life to Christ. And those variations of messages about, of the gospel is now getting them to, is now revealing if actually they fear the Lord, they love the Father, or they are in a relationship with Him. Because many people will remain a Christian as long as that fear element is there. God can kill me. God can destroy me. But if you can show them that God will not do that, they will jet out to start misbehaving. You may not even see them in church anymore because they think, ah, God has forgiven us, grace covers us. So everyone who believes that grace covers them and they can sin, right, have not had the gospel. I repeat, any and everyone who believe they can sin and they can, they can live a life of sin because God has forgiven them in Christ Jesus have not had the gospel. They do not know the gospel. Amen. Pray for me that I remember to unpack that. So I'm not going to tell you more on that uh, so that I can, you stay connected and I will unpack it later on. Amen. So God wants all to be saved. So the gospel is the account of God's plan and purpose for humanity through Christ Jesus. And what is the plan of God? He wants all people to be saved, to be delivered from the power of darkness and to come to the knowledge of the truth. Amen. Amen. Next. So, the gospel is the gospel of Christ. The gospel is the gospel of Christ. So, last week I said the gospel is not bad news. This week I said the gospel is good news. Right? Uh, and I've told you what the good news is. Now I'm saying the gospel is the gospel of Christ. So, let's look at... Um, I, I like this. 
I like this. Let's go to Luke chapter 2 verse 9. This is uh, the Christmas story. I like this. Now, uh, let me take it from verse 8 so we can get the gist properly in verse 9. So verse 8 says, And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. This is NIV version. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. Verse 10, But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good, what? News. Hello. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. I can spend two weeks on this. I bring you good news. Let's, so let's, let's expand a little bit. I have a lot, we have a lot of grounds to cover, but just permit me to do this. Now, when the angel appeared to them, what did he say? He said, do not be afraid. Even the angel have enough common sense to tell people that they should not be afraid. Because anything that has to do with God, number one, do not be afraid. When my guy, Gabriel, Angel Gabriel, went to deliver the news of, um, how do you put it in the Christian language, uh, the, the virgin birth to Mary. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> okay, I got to be myself now. <laughs> the first thing my guy, told, my guy told Mary was, do not be afraid. So, even angels, whom you and I with joy, according to 1 Corinthians 6, right? Even angels have enough common sense that people should not be afraid of God. So, someone is now telling you and I that we should be afraid of God. And now, the Bible tells us that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. The fear of the Lord is what is to eat evil. So, Fear of the Lord is not a fear of danger, fear of punishment, fear of horror. No, that's not the fear of God that the Bible says. Right? Because First John 4, 18 tells us that perfect love, God's kind of love, casts out fear. Anyone who is afraid of God, fearing punishment, condemnation, or maybe they will not make heaven, they've not understood the love of God. And don't forget that it is by the love of God that Jesus Christ came into the world to die for you and I so that we can be restored to the Father. Amen. So, my, the angels, you know, the ones that, they're good guys that are on my side, right? The angel, verse 10 says, But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. So, if you don't remember many things from this service, remember this. Fear of horror Fear of punishment is not the gospel. So any message that tells you and advise you or instill fear of punishment in you is not the gospel. Hence, people cannot boldly approach God as their father. You hear things like, hmm, God is a consuming fire. If you mess up around God, he's going to wipe you off and going to kill you. And when their children make mistakes with God and they are not dead, they think, oh, so God is not like that. And they start doing some dodgy things behind the scenes. You know, and what their parents are saying, God will kill you, God will do that. The children are thinking, I'm doing the same thing, God doesn't kill me. So it's a lie, you know, so they go, you don't even know what you're talking about. Amen. Can I, can I get a believing amen from such children? So they are not in church today, praise the Lord. <laughs> amen. Praise the Lord. Yeah, thank God has helped me to really teach my church family well, right? They don't believe such things and they will not agree. Are you getting me? 
And when it comes to Transformers Connect, if you come with a false doctrine, just look around. The people are ready to, to, to help you know the right gospel according to the word of God. Amen. So as the journalist of Transformers Connect, come ready to learn because it's going to be a blessing to you. Amen. Now, so verse 10, I repeat, but the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news. Even angels bring good news. If angels are bringing good news, can you see what I'm saying? Talking about that. I might spend one week, two weeks here on this one verse. So if angels are bringing good news, brother, sister, what is your own? What is my own? That we are trying to scare people to come to God. Now, okay, let me, let's, let's look at the good news. Verse 11. Today in the town of David, a savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby in a raft, in clothes, and lying in a manger. I feel like I'm going to spend some time here. Brother, sister, what is your home? What's my own? Even Jesus, who is our ticket to reconciliation to the Father, who came to bridge the gap between us and the Father, the announcement of his birth was good news. Good news, edifying news. News that brings great joy. So where did we get this concept of, you know, saturating people with fear of punishment in the church? How? Where? Because the news of Jesus' birth, which many people see, okay, the news of Jesus' Jesus's birth, Jesus being the person through which we become born again a child of God, the news of his birth was good. Everything about him must be good. Even the Bible says that he went about doing good works. Even the Bible says that you and I who are born again, who have received him into our life as our Lord and Savior, we are God's workmanship, recreated in him unto good works. Anything good brings good news. So what is our own? Amen. Let's reason together. Maybe I'll teach this message again when we go face to face because I want some response from the church. I want to hear. I think this is the kind of meetings you do in a kind of a conference. So because I want to hear where do people get it from because this is what the Bible tells me. So where, 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 where did they get it from? Is it that people are preaching what they think and what they want to see? We got to be careful. And these are serious issues in Christianity today. And I, I'm, I'm not surprised that God is calling me has called me and brought me and has persuaded me to start church in this time and season. I'm not, I'm not surprised looking at this because we, we, I mean, we're in a serious mess now in the body of Christ. Serious mess because majority do not have a relationship with the Father. Majority are afraid. I've seen Christians go to work and tell their colleagues that God put, God broke their leg to teach them, to teach them a lesson. I mean, this is a real life story. I mean, I was speaking to this guy in one of my former church. It was a long story, but like just gonna um, shorten it. He was saying to the his colleague, he said, hmm, don't mess with God. I said I was gonna do this for God and I didn't do it. And God broke my leg and I was in cast. You know, this is a casting for two weeks. He said, hmm, don't joke with God. And I'm thinking, when you claim God put your leg in a cast because you didn't do something you're supposed to do for him. So how would that motivate me to come to God? Or why would I want to come to that God? The God that many people preach in the world we live in today, many Christians preach in the world we live today, if that's the God, that, if I heard about that God, I would not be Christian today. 
Because I am I, because I use my common sense. I'm not saying you don't use your common sense, but I'm saying I use my common sense. Because why do I want to come into a relationship whereby the, the person, the God, the spirit can kill me, can punish me? Why? Even none of us wants to go into, into a romantic relationship with somebody who's going to kill us or break our leg. Why? Many of us don't have a good relationship with our parents because they are not um, loving, they are not caring, they are not there for us. So why do you want to go into a relationship with God who can break your leg? If, can I, can I say it as it is? So if you are in a relationship with that kind of God, come out of that relationship. If your Christian life is the one with a God that can break your leg, I'm encouraging you to come out of that relationship and come into the relationship with the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who love you unconditionally. Because it seems like there are different kind of gods. Mm. Hallelujah. There's a God of Elijah. There's a God of Moses. But the God I'm talking to you about is a God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Whom while you were yet sinner sent Jesus Christ to die for you. That is the original God. Hmm. That is the God I talk to when I'm sleeping. Hey, Jesus Christ, Lord. <laughs> oh, Lord Jesus, can we reverse? Can we rewind time? <laughs> That's the God I'm talking about. Right? So, check your Christian relationship. I mean, with the God that you're in relationship with. That God that you are going to beg, oh God, have mercy on me. No. I'm encouraging you to come out of relationship with that God. Right? Because I think we have different kind of gods, right? And come into the relationship with the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. The God that Jesus said, myself, my Father are one. What I see my Father do, I do. And everything we see Jesus do is good. Oh Lord, I'm so I'm getting so excited now. <laughs> I'm just trying to behave myself. Amen. So, there's a tendency that you have been preached the fake God, the wrong God. In my, in my, in my country, in Africa and, and the ethnic group I come from in Nigeria, we have different kind of gods. We have um, Shongo, Obatala, Onumila. We have them like that. So it is possible that the one they preach to you, right, is one of those gods. And they just change the G to capital G, right? And those ones, if you don't pay the sacrifices they ask you to pay, you will see fire. Shongo, Lukosokoya. I guess when that one has fire, fire comes out of his mouth, right? So, so God is so amazing. I think God is helping us this morning to understand that the, the, the God you, you have been preached is not the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. And that is good news. Because when you know that the God you believe is not the God of our God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, do what you can do. You can let, you can leave that kind of God and come and meet the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Service so amazing this morning. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Somebody is getting free this morning. Come out of that relationship. Come to the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Leave the God that they said will kill you if you don't do 70, 80 things. That is not the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Praise the Lord. <clears throat> so the angels. Announcing the birth of Jesus. Jesus, through whom you and I became Christians, said is good news. Romans chapter 1, verse 1 to 5. Mm -hmm. Paul, a servant of, Jesus, of Christ Jesus, called to be an apostle and set apart for the gospel of God. Mm -hmm. The gospel he promised before and through his prophet in the holy scriptures regarding his son 
The gospel is about what? It's about who? His son. Right? Who as to his earthly life was a descendant of David and who through the spirit of holiness was appointed the son of God in power by his resurrection from the dead. Jesus Christ our Lord. Through him we have received grace and apostleship to call all the Gentiles to the obedience that comes from faith for his name's sake. If I will connect this back to my spiritual evangelist brothers and sisters, hallelujah. What did the Bible ask us to do? To call people to the obedience. It didn't not to threaten people to hell. Or threaten people with hell. To call people to the obedience to come into Christ. To come and receive him. So in case you, you weren't given the wrong training before you went into your evangelistic ministry, amen, by the power of the Holy Ghost and the power vested in me, amen, I like to use those kind of weak words as well, right? By the power of the Holy Ghost and the power vested in me as a, as a lead pastor of the Transformers Church, I'm saying to you, go back to your Bible to find out your job description. Praise the Lord. Now the Bible tells us that the gospel is about Christ Jesus. So is it not making plan? Is it not making sense when I said to you that any account you hear about God's plan and does not, it is not rooted in Christ. It's not the gospel. So I encourage many people as I listen to many preachers, many Christians speak to them. Listen for who? Christ. Everything must center around Christ because if there's no Christ, there's no Christianity. If there's no Christ, there's no peace between God and man. If there's no Christ, there's no restoration. If there's no Christ, there's no redemption. If there's no Christ, there's no reconciliation with the Father. If there's no Christ, there's nothing. Amen. So everything centers on Christ. Everything is in Christ. The Bible says that in whom all things are created, through whom all things are created, and there's nothing that was created without it. So how do we function without Christ? So when you attend meetings and they tell you so many things and they cannot tell you or they don't show you or connect it back to the Father, His love demonstrate, demonstrated to the person of Christ, you have not had a gospel. You haven't. Amen. First Corinthians 15. Let's quickly go there. First Corinthians 15. 1. Now, brothers and sisters, I want to remind you of the gospel. I preach to you which you received and on which you have taken your stand. By this gospel, you are saved. The gospel is about Christ Jesus. Don't, for, don't forget what I said earlier on. If what you heard before you give your life to Christ was a threat of hell, I don't think you are in a relationship with the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. It might be with some gods in for my country. Right? Because the gospel here is by which we are saved. Do you know what salvation means? Just make it, make, I'll make it very simple. To be restored back to the Father. To be reconciled back to the Father. To receive the gift of eternal life. To live, to live and abide, to start a relationship with God here and forever, even after you are out of the body when you die. Amen. So the Bible is saying that it is by the gospel that we are saved. And it said, if you hold firmly to the word I preach to you, otherwise you have believed in vain. That's another story for another day. Verse 30 says, 
For what I received, I pass on to you as of first importance. So if anybody comes to you to speak to you, what is, what is the most important thing they should say to you as a believer? Or whether you're a believer or you're not a believer. Is the gospel that is by, it's through the gospel that you are saved. And the gospel is a demonstration of God's kindness and love for humanity through the person of Jesus Christ. So nobody has a right to tell you about hell and all the evil that are likely to poss- uh, 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 can possibly happen to you if you don't give your life to Christ. No! They are to tell you about the goodness and the kindness of God. Amen. Praise the Lord. Now, it's through the gospel that we are saved. And it said, if you hold family to the word I preach to you, uh, otherwise you are believed in vain. For what I have received, I pass on to you as of first importance, that Christ died so the gospel now, Christ died. Don't forget, good news, Luke chapter 2 verse 9, is birth. And the good news is the gospel. And so, so gospel now, Christ was born. Here too, Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures. He died for our sins. He's not, he's, he, he did not come to hold our sins against us. And uh, get us to start playing a kind of um, game of possibility, a game of chance to make heaven. Those things are not correct. So that he was buried. Now listen to this. Uh, Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures. He's not holding our sins against us. That he was buried. That he was raised on the third day according to the scriptures. And he appeared to Cephas and to the twelve. After that, he appeared to more than 500 of his bro- of the brothers and sisters at the, na- at the same time. Most of whom are still living. Though some are falling asleep. Then he appeared to James. Then to all the apostles and all, and last of all, he appeared to me also as to the one born, to one abnormally born. And what and New King James put it as born in due time. And said, uh, verse, I guess I'll, I'll stop at verse 8. Um, we are out of time now. So I would like you to think about this, these verses, to see what the gospel is. One more, just, just guys, will spare with me. One more, one more, one more. Romans 4, 24. It says, but also for us to whom God will credit righteousness. Now, God will not demand righteousness. He will credit it to your account. So, you don't work for God to be declared righteous. You receive the gift of righteousness. That's also in what? The gospel. But also for us to whom God will credit righteousness. For us who believe in him. Who raised Jesus, our Lord, from the dead? So believing in God is rooted in what? In Christ Jesus. So if you believe God and you don't believe Christ, you don't believe in Christ, the work Christ has, God has done for us in Christ Jesus, you are not saved. So he was delivered over to death for our sins and was raised to life for our justification. We'll continue next week. All right, guys. Thank you so much for coming to church today. I hope um, that was inspiring and uh, defined to you guys. Um, meditate on these things, think about it, ponder on it, check your life, your Christian life, your relationship with God, check them against the things I've shared with you in the Bible and to ask yourself, what have I believed? Did I believe the good news or did I believe the bad news? Who do I believe in? The God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ or under God? Amen. All right. Uh, thank you guys. Um, have a wonderful week.